you do not have to take any hormones to consider yourself transgender or to be transgender at all. You know, it's really, a, it's really a feeling about who you are and how you want to, how you want to, how you want the world to see you and how you want to represent yourself, right? Um, so there are some people who who won't take any hormones, but they'll go get, you know, they'll get top surgery or they'll get different surgeries and things like that. Um, but it's really fluid. It's whatever, wherever your comfort, your comfort lies is where you end up. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley, and I'm so happy you came by. The Queerly Black Show aims to normalize the everyday existence of Black, LGBTQIA plus individuals through an interview-style series with regular folks like you and me. So every week, a new guest shares their story and unique perspective on their existence as an LGBTQIA plus individual. Thank you for tuning in, and make sure you subscribe, download, set your reminders to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Queerly Black Show. I'm here with a very, very, very special guest today. Jay Jones is in the building. Jay, go ahead and tell the people about yourself. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Hey, uh, Jay, uh, 31 years old, transgender man. I was assigned female at birth, and now I am I am medically transitioning to a man and to operate as a man in society. So uh, right now I am married to an amazing woman. We've been married for about a year now. And we went through reciprocal in vitro fertilization and we have two beautiful twin girls and I'm a dad of three girls total because we also have a 16 year old. So, all right, cool. So let's get into it. So just like I do with every guest, um, when was the first time that you can remember being faced with your sexuality? So like, at what point did you know, like, hey man, what's going on here? I might like, I might like girls. I might like, I don't know. When was that for you? (laughs) Man, you know what? I really, I really can't pinpoint exactly when it first began because I grew up in a very, very Christian household. Like my mom was a Sunday school teacher. My godfather, he was my Sunday school teacher growing up. And I just always felt different. I really couldn't put my finger on it. Like a lot of the conversations, my sister was completely just mesmerized by B2K. And I wanted to be a member of B2K. And I didn't know, I was like, uh, I don't know. I'm not really like that. I don't really like the boys like that. And I didn't really know how to explain that. But if I was really to put like a, a stamp on it, like when I actually started to look at women in a sexual way, I would say I was 14. I was uh, 14 years old. I was uh, playing AAU basketball. And um, I was the youngest person there. All the All the other girls, they were uh, about 18, going to get ready to go to college and things like that. And it was this one particular uh, teammate on the team. She was very feminine and, you know, she had a nice body. And uh, they played that juvenile slow motion song. And she did like a little dance and it just kind of like my, I was like, oh, no, what is going on? Like, I kind of was, I kind of like, bring, it, that, you know? bring that this way. What's going on? Slow motion for me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of how it like really, that's kind of like where like I kind of realized like mm, something might be off <laughs> you know so that's kind of where it came from I really forgot about that story to be honest with you yeah yeah so when that happened when that happened did you because 14 is like you know when kind of people are for some they may have had an experience before that like they may have understood it before that but like when you realized that, did you, you did you say anything? Did you come out? Like how long from that moment until you kind of came out to 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 your family? Oh, I absolutely did not say anything um, at all. Like I I didn't even know what I was feeling to be honest with you. I I just knew that I it was different, and you know we didn't really talk about sex, and we didn't really talk about um, sexuality really in my household because like I said, it was a Christian home, so. I, I didn't I didn't know really how I felt. I know when I hit the 10th grade and I one of my best friends at the time, we both worked at a shoe store. And um I really she was, you know, she was already out, she was already gay. And I was like, well, I don't know, like, uh no, just keep it over there. You know, I really didn't know because I was so afraid. Yeah. But honestly, I didn't come out of the closet until I was I was 18. I was 18 years old. I was on my way out the house when I actually came out. Uh, my girlfriend at the time, my senior year, we both played basketball. So, you know, we just kind of found a connection there. And yeah, it's it was just, I was 18 years old. And when I, I was kind of forced out the closet, to be honest with you, um, it wasn't really pleasant. It wasn't a pleasant story at all. Um, my, older sis, my older sister, she's a few years older than me. And 
you know, we went to a club for her birthday. Of course, I was like 16. I was 18 and she had came back from college. She was 20. And, um, you know, we were just kind of drinking and things like that. And I told her, I was like, hey, like, um, I was like, hey, I'm gay. Like, she, because the guys were trying to talk to me because, you know, of course I couldn't pick my, my wardrobe. So guys were trying to talk to me. I was like, bro, like, I'm good. Like, I ain't into that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't really know how to explain it, but I was like, eh, I'm good. My sister was like, why, why you don't want to talk to anyone? I was like, it's like, I don't like guys. Like, you know, I was like, I like girls. Like, you know, I'm gay. And she was just, she just like had a whole meltdown. Like, my sister's like, oh, you were gay. Was she the first person you came out to? Yes. It was the worst. I was like, <laughs> if this is how it is, I'm never coming out again. Like it was, it was, uh, it was traumatizing to be honest with you. And uh, right after that, like it was Easter Sunday, the next Sunday. And uh, my mom, you know, we were in church and my mom, she kind of saw my face and I was just kind of already in tears because of the night before. I was just so like disgruntled. I was just so just uh, traumatized and so thrown off. And my mom, she actually get, put me in the car, you know, we driving around and, um, she finally got me to calm down all my tears and everything like that. And then she was just like, what's going on? I said, I said, I don't want you to hate me. You know, I really don't want you to hate me. Like, I don't really know how to say this. And she was like, baby, like, I can never hate you. Like, tell me what's going on with you. And I was just like, um, I was like, I'm gay. I, I, I like girls. Like, it's, it's nothing. I tried to pray it away. I tried to get away from it. I, I, I can't like, it's just, it's just who I am. Like, I, I, I don't like guys and I can't make myself like something I don't like, you know? And uh, she was just like, she's always known. And I was just like, well, if you knew, why you just didn't tell me? Right. Because it would have saved me so much more of you this. You know, <laughs> you need to talk to the parents and just be like, I, I, I almost wonder, it's like, they be knowing. And, and, and you sitting over there as a kid, you're like, man, like, I'm, my mom gonna disown me. Like, my parents gonna yeah. hate me. Like, if I tell them, and half the time, they be like, I was just waiting on you. So it's almost, it's like, well, so was you waiting for me to figure, like, was you waiting for me to be straight? Like, what were you waiting? What exactly were you waiting for? <laughs> but I'm gonna be honest with you. After that, after, you know, after we spoke, like, it really wasn't all, it was not all peaches and cream, I'm gonna be honest mm -hmm. with you. Um, because I was, I'm from a very toxic household. Um, and my, my, my stepfather is very, very uh, abusive both uh, emotionally, mentally, physically, like he was just not the best person growing up. And so she told my dad, actually, she told my, about, well, she told my uh, stepfather um, the story and what, every, everything that happened and they asked who it was and things like that. And it just, it just turned into a big, crazy, like fiasco. Like my, they took my cell phone. Um, they wanted to meet the girl, the girl's parents. They both our parents had to sit down on the couch, and like I'm there in tears. Of course, you know. Remember, I grew mm -hmm. up in also her family's not so much, you know, Bible mm -hmm. thumping. She was a lot more like whatever, and I was just kind of like broken up, and it was just a really, it was, it was bad. Like I ain't gonna lie to you, it was really bad. Like even when I got to college and I went back, I came back home. Like after already just being out, I started dressing more masculine once I got out of the household, you know, and um. It, it still wasn't, it still wasn't uh, pleasant until I became my own person, which was probably around like 20, but it was, it was very uncomfortable, man. It was very yeah. uncomfortable. You know that transition is rough and you're from Memphis, right? Yeah. Born and raised Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. So how were like uh, images of, you know, gay people, were there images of gay people? And then also what was the perception, even if it was just from TV, like, what were were there ever conversations about like the imagery of uh, of of gay people? Because like for example, in my house, not so much about women, but like about men. Like my dad would be like that look, that sissy shit, or like you know, my dad would say like things like that. And yeah. I knew that my dad wasn't homophobic, but just that was his, you know, That's that good. was his language. Like that was just how he kind of referred to things. I don't even think he thought anything of what he was saying, but like, how was that for you? It was honestly, because I played basketball my entire life. Um, the only instance I can think about was Cheryl Swoops. That was when mm. like Cheryl Swoop had first came out mm -hmm. and he was talking about like her sexuality and things like that. And uh, my stepdad at the time, he was like, well, my stepdad, not at the time, my stepdad, I don't claim him now, but uh, he was very just negative. He was just like, oh, oh, gay ass bitch. And, you know, it was just mm -hmm. really, it was really, really negative. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is probably not <laughs> a safe space for me. But honestly, it was no representation at all. Like, not in Memphis, not anywhere. My mom kept us in such a box where I didn't know other stuff existed. My friends were the ones who taught me things about life. Like, 
my family was not about their life. Like they were not <laughs> open to anything other than Jesus, the church, and that. And you know, that's really what that was it. Jesus yeah. and the church. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. So then um when you came out, I'm assuming you came out as lesbian. Yeah. At first. And then what when did you know that you wanted to transition? Like what what was the what were what were the images or how did you identify with the fact that it was more than just being lesbian? Yeah. Um honestly I I didn't I didn't I didn't have the language to really say how I was feeling because you know we didn't do therapy and things like that you know therapy was so taboo especially mm -hmm. like in the black community and so I didn't realize that I that it was more to me until I'm gonna say three years ago like three to four years ago I was um I actually was triggered a lot in my past marriage I was married before so this is my second wife my first wife um you know, she, she triggered me a lot in different ways and I didn't understand what was going on. Like she would like touch my chest at the time, um, you know, I had boobs. So she would like grab my boobs or like she would make comments about um, me being beautiful or she would make comments about, um, you know, my body being curvy or like she would make little comments and I would tell her like, hey, that makes me uncomfortable. And I've always felt that way growing up. Like somebody called me beautiful. I'm like, hey, like, I don't like that word. My mom was like, what word you like? I'm, she like handsome. I'm like, I don't know. Can I like handsome? And she never told me if I could not. But mm -hmm. I didn't realize that I even wanted to do more with myself. I didn't even know transgender people even existed, to be honest with you, until my late 20s. Like I knew of people who were transgender, but it really wasn't clicking for me. I didn't, I didn't get it. You know, it didn't mm -hmm. make sense. Um, but when my best friend... Uh, he's, he went through his transition, we became friends, and I watched him go through his transition his first year, second year, and I just kind of watched him, and I realized, like, I got a little envious, like, I was just kind of like, it wasn't like I wasn't happy for him, it was just like, I wanted that same happiness that he was feeling for myself, but I was so afraid to even go through with that, because I had already encountered all the craziness with coming out as a lesbian, like, growing up. And then on top of that, you know, you're afraid like, oh, well, nobody's going to want to date me. Like, you know, I'm going to be this, this man lady, lady man or whatever, you know, that's kind of how I was mm -hmm. feeling. And, you know, it just, it just got to a point where I was, I would hope sometimes that I would just not wake up and I would just come back and be a man. And I had always had those thoughts. I always had those feelings, but I, didn't, I never knew like what that even meant or what does that mean for my life? until my best friend started transitioning. And then I watched him go through it. And I was just like, okay, I got to do something. And he was talking to me about it one day. And I was just like, no, like, I don't think that's me. I don't think it's me. And so I started going to therapy. Um, Cause I was being triggered in my past marriage. Just started going to therapy and I was working through. You now know, like this, just a reference, was this, were you still in your marriage at this time? Or were you out uh, of your marriage? You were when in I your first marriage. started going through therapy yeah, because of the, the toxicity of that relationship but I knew that um I did I did have issues with like my gender I didn't really have a real big understanding of it but I knew that I had to find a therapist who also specialized in gender dysphoria because that was something that I was dealing with like I told you I was being triggered she would touch my chest and things like that so I was like maybe I need to look into something like that and um that's kind of how that how I started therapy from there. So that's why I said a little bit over three years. But yeah, it therapy saved my life. <laughs> Just mm -hmm. all I'm gonna say is, is therapy really saved my life. Yeah, I know you uh you talked about it. I've watched um some episodes of Trans Talk Tuesdays, which we'll talk about a little bit. Um, and I know you talk about that, like going going to therapy and how that was um a, a lot of the reason why you didn't get for your you, your journey wasn't as dark as some people's can be because you kind of had that along like you were able to identify the fact that like you needed help yeah. sooner than a lot of people are able to admit it to themselves I'm a huge proponent of therapy I think it's one of the greatest things that black people can discover just given all the trauma that we experience as just black people in general Absolutely. take the gay uh, LGBT stuff off and it's still you know just traumatic you know and then you add this on top of it and it's just like a whole different situation um but yeah, so uh, your so coming out of your last marriage, what was what was that process like for you? Because it sounds like your transition, like your your mentality started to shift in that marriage. 
which was already negative, already toxic, kind of already had its issues. Um, was was that something that you shared with your um, your last wife, or did you kind of just end the marriage and then start this oh, no. outside no. of that? I spoke to her about it prior to, which ironically, she's the one who helped me find the therapist because she knew I was struggling with it. And I was dealing, and I was struggling with it, and so ironically, um, the therapist that she was seeing at the time uh, also ended up being my therapist. It wasn't on purpose. Um, mm. It was just kind of like. It was the same clinic. I, I had been looking for a therapist. I could not find anybody. It was so hard for me to do it. I'm really terrible with locating stuff. <laughs> so um, I could not find a therapist. And uh, she was like, hey, well, the clinic that I go to, like, you know, they do have some, they do have uh, resources as well. You may want to check them out. So I took a look and I, you know, I called them. I said, hey, like, um, I want to schedule an appointment with this other person. And they were like, well, well, what are you coming for? And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm really dealing with gender dysphoria. And they're like, hey, we have someone who specializes in that. And I was like, okay, well, put me on their books. And then ironically ended up being the exact same mm -hmm. therapist, uh, which was another spiral <laughs> of how things just kind of fell apart. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. <laughs> I got and, you. And as I was navigating like my, so how my therapy sessions went, when I first went to her, um, I told her, I said, hey, I'm, I'm really struggling like with my gender. I don't really know like, what any of this stuff really means like I don't really know where I want to move or how I want to move or what it, what I can do like to make myself feel more comfortable and so she gave me an assignment and um she she gave me all these different terms she gave me <clears throat> she gave me lesbian she gave me um non-binary transgender gender non-conforming like she gave me all these different terms she said hey I want you to research all these terms and I want you to tell me which one of these do you feel best represents who you are and, um, you know, I'm looking, you know, looking non-binary. I'm like, uh, no, lesbian, no, I absolutely not. Like, so I'm like, well, she was like, well, what would, what would comfort look like to Jay? Like, what does that look like? I was like, I, I really don't know. I'm like, but I know that that comfort does not look like boobs. <laughs> that comfort does not look like uh, having curves. That comfort does not, I don't know. It just doesn't look like this. It, mm -hmm. I can't even look at myself in the mirror. Like, I hate I hated even just like going and brushing my teeth and looking at myself in the mirror. It was just, it got really bad. And uh, when, you know, I was really, really afraid to even just say, hey, I'm transgender. I was so afraid to just say that. Like, it was just such such a taboo, like just saying that word it was just so much negativity, especially, you know, anytime somebody say transgender is like negativity, boom. Yeah. <laughs> so that one assignment really like helped me understand and helped me do the shadow work that I really needed to do in order to be faced with myself and be like, hey, like this is who you are. And it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to feel all these big feelings, but just know that you're safe within yourself to be able to move in whatever direction you want to. There's no rush to start medically doing anything. There's no rush to do, to, to do anything at all, except for you to just feel and to be. And whenever you are ready to do whatever you wanna do with yourself, you will know. And so that it took about, to be honest with you, from being in that space, it took me about two years before I even thought about moving forward because I was still navigating other things as well. But it took me about two, took me about two years to, to actually admit that to myself and move forward. Yeah. So then let's talk about the journey, right? So for, for I really want to make sure people walk away understanding, like, this is a very, um, it's it, it's a very wide spectrum of what it means to be transgender right so at the point that you accepted the word transgender you were like okay this is what it is it's an it's it's, it's it feels negative but it's who i am so i have to own it right what at what point did you start identifying yourself as a man to be honest with you i was always afraid to <laughs> but mm -hmm. i didn't start identifying myself as a man until when I, when I knew I was ready, when I went on ahead and started my appointment for, actually, when I, before I met my wife, I'm going to be honest, it was like when I met my wife is when I started mentally getting in a space to be more comfortable being called he and sir and things like that, because I had been so afraid of it in the past, like negative, negative, don't know, but it's like, when I met my wife, I'm going to say that was probably about two years ago. That's when I, that's when I started men mentally transitioning myself to be prepared to be in these different spaces. So to be called a man, 
to be called her husband. To me, that felt natural. Like mm-hmm. being her husband, that felt good to me. Somebody, my ex-wife called me her wife. It didn't feel right, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was just, it, it, it took about, it was like two years ago when I finally was okay with being that. When I actually accepted the term transgender and transgender man and he, him and things like that, that's when I knew I was like, okay, it's, it's time for me to, to go ahead and move forward with what I'm going to do for myself. Yeah. And what does, like, what does, so what's the difference? So like transgender man, what, what does that mean? So if, if you think about it, um, so transgender man, right? So someone who is transitioning into a man. So someone who was assigned female at birth and then they take testosterone and now they're, they're becoming a man. So transgender man. Now a transgender woman is just the opposite of that. It's someone who's assigned male at birth. They take estrogen or you know, you know, hormones. And then from there they become a woman in society. So transgender woman and transgender man. Mm. And are there other words? Are there, is there any other label for a transgender person? Uh, not that I'm aware of. one or the other. I, right? I mean, I mean you, you don't have to follow. So being transgender is really like a, a spectrum, mm-hmm. right? So I did mention non-binary. There are people who are non-binary, meaning that they don't identify with either gender or their gender fluid. So they can go one way or the other. So, but when it comes to being transgender, it's really like a big umbrella term. Uh, for someone who's you can be on non-binary and still be considered transgender if you would like mm-hmm. yeah and then the part about like when you when you decide to transition mm-hmm. and you like you're like you have to tell people kind of affirmatively like this is who I am it's almost like a rebirth like it's a reintroduction to a new person but somebody that you already know, but as a diff- as somebody else, right? Yeah. So a lot of people will get like a new name or they'll do some kind of sub, something of their, ori- their original name. Um, and then people have what's called a dead name. Yeah, that's which is your birth name. Yeah. Your birth name, which you no longer go by and you go by the name that you gave yourself. Is there a term for the name that you give yourself or... Is it just your name? You can call it anything. Um, I call it my birth name and my rebirth name. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can call it your dead name and your new name, whatever. I just feel like dead name just sounds so morbid. Mm-hmm. I just I <laughs> wanted to feel like it's speaking life and it's light and it's exciting and it's happy. So I like birth and rebirth, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like that. That's 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 pretty cool. Um so when you're you're in that transition, right? What were the did you have conversations with your family? about the fact that you're not lesbian anymore you're now transgender did you ever have (laughs) this is where this is where the because I feel like when you're when you're transgender a lot of times people have two coming out stories unless you're like yeah Zaya and you're you know so super young and it's kind of already like implied that that's and I'm not putting that on her as much as I'm saying she already identifies with a rebirth like at a very young age but when you come out later as lesbian and then you go transgender that is like two different coming out stories but did you have to go back and have because I because they're still going to call you like she and you know my baby girl and all that stuff so it's almost like kind of reestablishing it or have you taken the route of like carving that space out for your family to still identify with your old labels or what was that conversation for you? Absolutely uh, not. <laughs> oh man, it's to be honest with you, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to knock anybody who does that. I mean, to each his own, whatever makes you feel comfortable, allow that, allow yourself to, to exist within that space. Uh, for me, that's not what my comfort lies. My comfort does not lie in that space. It never has, it never will. Um, I know when I was younger, I absolutely hated my name. I was like, why did I get like the girliest name in the entire world? Like, out of all the names you could have given me, you could have gave me a neutral name. You gave me a girly name, you know? Um, but yes, it is like a second coming out, to be honest with you. It, it's still kind of a battle right now mm-hmm. um, with, my, with my birth mom, you know, and with that side of the family. Um, I know with my dad and my uh, bonus mom, they kind of just got it. Like once I told him, I was like, hey, like, uh, you know, I know 
that you used to usually call me this nickname. However, like my name is Jay and it's always been Jay. And I, I feel very uncomfortable when you use that name. Um, I will be medically transitioning to a male and yeah, I'm your son. So, and they were just like, cool. What's up, Jay? What's up? Mm -hmm. up, son? You know, mm -hmm. it was it was real easy and real smooth for them. Um, and for the people, my family that I made here made here in Texas uh, since 2013, so it's been I've been here for a while. My family and friends that I made here, like it was really like they kind of already could tell anyway. So they were just like, okay, you know, <laughs> it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't like this big long out like hey theatrics or anything like that. But uh, with my mom, even prior to like even. <laughs> even just mentally transitioning the very first thing I did was I changed my name I changed my name years ago and um when I was on my way to get my fingerprints done to change my name I told her I said hey um I'm actually going through the process of changing my name um and my name is Jay so and you they all like legally your name's different is your um is your sex different too on every like on okay not yet. Um, and, and that's because of the military. So mm. I haven't done that uh, part of it yet, but no, not yet. Okay. Um, but, you know, for, for me, the first thing was, was my name because that was the biggest dysphoria that I had was my name. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to address that issue first before I even could move on to anything else. Like going to doctor's appointments, calling my birth name, I'm like, hey, like, can I give you guys a different name? And even still, like I would get um, Experian updates on my phone or I would get like stuff from Hertz and I'm just like, Oh, can I change this? They were just like, well, your name, your name, it has to be the name that's on your driver's license. So I was yeah. like, okay, cool. That's what I need to do is change, change the driver's license. Yep. <laughs> but uh, well, when it came to uh, my, my biological mom and I told her that she was very, very negative once again, uh, very negative um, with that. And it's just been a journey, you know, yeah. it's a process. More, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm just so far along, like with everything that I'm just at a point where I, I don't know if I'm in a space mentally and emotionally to take multiple steps backwards in order to get her to catch up with everybody else, you know, cause everybody else is already calling me Jay. They've always mm -hmm. called me that. And even when me trying to, to teach her that or really like, Hey, like, or expose her to it, she was really like, she rejected it. And so it was just like, well, I don't know what you want me to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's very different than, um, you know, <laughs> it, I, I talk about like how it's different when you know that a person is, is just trying to, they're trying to live into it, but they make mistakes or like, you know, they may mistakenly call you she or something like that, but it's not in malice versus yeah. someone who's like literally just rejecting the process. Like <laughs> someone who's like, uh, and it, and it feels like a rejection of your identity. Like it feels like it's like a slap in your face kind of thing because you're trying to form your happiness and this, you know, this, um, you know, um, this situation is, is presenting itself. So let's talk about the spectrum of transitioning, right? So the first thing is obviously mental, which comes for a lot of people along long before the physical transition. So there are people who, that's enough for them. Like mm -hmm. the mental transition of people calling them he or she, depending on if it's a transgender man or a transgender woman, all the way to full on yeah. re-gender assignment yeah. or gender reassignment, right? Yeah. Um, what, like for, what, for you in that process, like what's, uh, have you, do you know what is your comfort level in terms of like tra transitioning and you know, talk about just kind of like the different like levels of, of what that looks like for, for people or what it can look like for people. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad you said that because I think we spoke about this on the podcast that, you know, that we did is that you do not have to take any hormones to consider yourself transgender or to be transgender at all. You know, it's really, a, it's really a feeling about who you are and how you want to, how you want to, how you want the world to see you and how you want to represent yourself. Right. Um, so there are some people who, who won't take any hormones, but they'll go get, you know, they'll get top surgery or they'll get different surgeries and things like that. Um, but it's really fluid. It's whatever, wherever your comfort, your comfort lies is where you end up. Now, I know for me personally, um, because I have such a dysphoria with certain, you know, with certain things like certain body parts, some people don't have dysphoria, but 
you know, having certain dysphoria with like just looking at myself in the mirror, you know, just a build, like my body, like those different things. For me, I knew that that wasn't enough for me. But what I do or what I tell people to do in general is to just take small steps and make a list of the things that bother you. And once you look at that list, what is the easiest thing for you to knock off? For me, I always tell people, hey, like if your name is one of the things, go ahead and knock the name change out because for one, it's a process. It's not like, hey, I'm gonna change my name and tomorrow you go and get a new name. No, you have to get fingerprints done. You have to submit documents. They have to do background checks. You have to go into a courthouse and you have to actually go in front of a, a judge and get your name changed. Then once that paperwork gets to you, you have to wait till it gets back. And then once that paperwork gets back to you, now you got to submit for your social security card. Mm -hmm. You got to submit for that. You got all these, different, <laughs> you got to change your, your license. So it's a lot of things. So I'm like, if that's one thing that you are looking to at changing, go ahead and do knock that out first. Like the other stuff will still be there. You can do those things simultaneously, but that name change is like the thing I would mm -hmm. tell somebody to do. If you want to change your name, do that first. Um, and then the, the next step, like if you want to, if this if it's how you feel, then you you look into hormones. You know, you look into do I want full masculinization? Do I want to you know completely appear as a man in society, or am I just comfortable with you know taking low dose testosterone where my voice is a little bit deeper? Maybe that's where my comfort lies, or whatever. You know, so it's 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 like that. Like I said, it's a spectrum. But I always tell people make a list of the things that bother you, and then from there you can kind of tackle the things that you can kind of tackle that list. And you'll be able to understand like where you are most comfortable. Yeah. So you have like, so you obviously have the mental transition, you have the physical transition, you have the medical transition. Yeah. Um, so physically for a woman, most, mm -hmm. most women, you can get a physical change without taking testosterone or any sort of. I mean, it, it, you know, it takes years if you don't take testosterone. I mean, if mm -hmm. you, you have to really lift really heavy, but it really just depends on body type. <laughs> lift really heavy. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm for real. It depends. Uh -huh. on like, I'm a slim. I'm a slim guy, right? I'm mm -hmm. a little person. So, for me, it might be easier for someone of my stature to be able to go into the gym and, and bulk up a lot easier than this for someone that you know who has really large breasts or mm -hmm. someone you know. So it. <laughs> so it's all dependent in terms of like who you are, yeah. those things all like are, it's personalized, it gets personal to the individual. Exactly. Got it. Talk about the difference between like um, gender dysphoria mm -hmm. and body dysphoria or body dysmorphia or um, feeling like, and I'll give you an example, right? Uh, Cause I think people try to, we all try to make things make sense to us based on what we understand. So like, when a person goes through a physical change from a transgender standpoint, why is that different than a person who just wants to get plastic surgery, right? So like somebody might be like, oh, well, okay. So you get like, a, you get a um, breast augmentation um, or, you know, something like that. Okay. So like, that's the same as like, if I get my butt done, but that's not the same thing, <laughs> right? And why? Because people try to make it make sense to what's within their realm of understanding. Yeah. But that's not what that that's not what gender dysphoria is. No. So what's the, talk about the difference between so, the two. So dysmorphia, I, I guess people um, with the dictionary. <laughs> 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 but uh, but dysmorphia is basically, let's say someone who I get to use the same example you said, mm -hmm. a woman who wants to go get a BBL or something like that. The difference is she is a-okay with the gender in which she was born as. She just wants to make certain adjustments to enhance herself, mm -hmm. right? Someone who is transgender, we don't like anything about, we, we may not like everything that we were born with. So we wanna change it completely. So it's like, it's basically, it's, it's, it's because of the sex that you're not okay with, right? Yeah. So it's like the things that make, make you a woman, boobs, hips booty a transgender man ain't gonna be <laughs> a transgender man is not going to feel that same way about that so dysmorphia is basically like i don't like how i look in the body in which i was born in uh, i need to enhance my womanly features and someone who is transgender we're more like hey i don't like titties i don't like curves at all i want to look like this dude over here so let me do that so that's that's really like the biggest difference is you're comfortable with the uh, you know 
being comfortable with the sex in which you were assigned and you want to enhance versus completely wanting to change uh, those appearances, period. And no yeah, longer yeah. and no longer have those things. Right. And just to kind of close off the um, trans, trans, transitioning conversation, um, everybody who's transgender does not have gender reassignment in terms of their bottom half. Correct. Uh, I think, you know what, um, I, cause I, I really hate that question. I'm gonna be honest with you because mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you why. Um, because- And I wanted to ask you the, why you're talking about that. Just yeah. also add this, right? What is politically correct and incorrect? Because I think that's also a challenge for people is like mm -hmm. understanding what's politically correct versus offensive. So as you talk about this, talk about, talk about that as well. Okay. So- I'm glad you said that because the one term that I really hate is fully transitioned, right? Mm -hmm. Because what you consider fully transitioned is to fit a cis heterosexual male perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning my entire body looks exactly like someone who was assigned male at birth. That may not be what I want for myself. For me, fully transitioned may be chopping my chest off and taking testosterone. That may be full transition for me. Mm -hmm. So... I really don't like that term to be mm -hmm. honest. Uh, yeah, because it because again, right, respecting the spectrum and and yeah. there could be people, you know, that just changing their name is enough. And changing and just you calling me he is enough. Right. I'm good. That's all I need. I feel very very much comfortable. Versus like I don't gotta go do all this medical changes and you know uh, fit this um, heteronormative exactly. to be a man that you would consider a man right. that's not what this is for anyway it's not for you it's for me right so yeah yeah no I like that that you clarified that because I do um think that um people feel like when you when you say like oh yeah I transitioned or I'm transitioning it means like there is some like there's this uh, ideal endpoint, but the truth is the spectrum, you decide what the endpoint is you decide what's enough for you so thank you for clarifying that um of course Wow, that's that was that was awesome. I, I appreciate that. Um, so then, when it comes to, uh, I want to talk a little bit about your 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 beautiful family. Um, you are married. You have uh, two beautiful babies, um, twins, um, and you talked about uh, reciprocal IVF. Mm -hmm. um, so if you if you could just give like a brief uh, summary of, of of that and is in just kind of talk about just the the journey of you and your wife having uh, your babies. Okay, so reciprocal IVF is basically like this. It's my eggs, her womb, well, my eggs, donor sperm, her womb, our kids. Like that's as simple as I can put it, it's like that. Mm -hmm. um, oh man, the story of my wife. Oh man, this is- As much as you feel comfortable with. You gotta make me say <laughs> I know I love talk, I, I'm gonna tell you, I would talk about my wife all day long if I could. But she's she's That's amazing. awesome. Um, so anyways, um, you want to know how we met, you want to know just about the journey. Yeah, you can give me, give me, give me, give me the backstory, you know, tell the people how you got to, to smiling every day and, and uh, the joy that you feel right now, uh, give the people some hope. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually met my wife off Instagram. I met my wife off Instagram. Popped in the DMs. <laughs> yeah, so she found my page. Like she, apparently she was like chatting up with somebody else who lived in Dallas who I have no knowledge of at all. And um, I showed up as like a suggested follow and like, you know, she saw my page and she, she, I used to do like little morning, like gym mornings and meal preps. And like, I was just all fitness, everything. And um, she would just like watch my, my little highlights and she just kind of liked my energy. She was like, I really just liked your energy. And so when she slid in my DMs, I was actually in Egypt at the time. Um, and she was all, she was also uh, across the country in Bali at the time. And uh, she was like, hey, I'll tell you happy birthday on your birthday. Like, when is it? I told her. She was, I was like, she ain't going to message me. She just talking, whatever. And um, I get back home and, you know, I'm home and I'm just kind of kicking it. And uh, my birthday came. She hit me up at 12 a.m. And she told me, good. she told me happy birthday. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she remember my birthday. Like, for real, she's like, yeah, I put it in my phone. I want to make sure. I was just like, that was really sweet. Like, oh, that was. Like, <laughs> and um, <laughs> from there, like, we just started just, just talking. 
we started talking, talking, talking. And uh, we actually, because I, I saw her page, I thought she was a catfish. I thought she was fake. So I was like, uh, I ain't, I'm going to chop up with her, but I ain't going to really give her too much. I think she's fake. I think maybe 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 my ex-wife is trying to play games or some ah. shit. I, I like maybe this. I don't know. Uh-uh. But um. But anyways, um. She when she slid in my DMs and one time we just got to a point I was like you know what let's Facetime, and she was like oh I, I work the night shift um you can Facetime me in the morning or whatever I was like well I'm going to get my car looked at she was like well that's fine I'm like well it's gonna be eight o'clock you you sure could be six o'clock Cali time she was like. Oh no, it's fine. Just call me. Just FaceTime me. I'm gonna wake up for you. I was like, she ain't gonna answer this phone. So I called her. <laughs> I FaceTime her. I'm sitting there, and uh, she answered the phone. And like when I saw her face, I was like, she's real. It's over. This is it. <laughs> Game changer. <laughs> you know. Hey, and, play uh, a card up, man. Oh my god, I couldn't. I was like, dang, I got all the aces in my hand now. What is going on? Yes. Um, but we talked for like 27, 28 hours, like oh, wow. on FaceTime that mm-hmm. long. And um, and I as I when I saw that things were getting serious between us, I told her, I said, Hey, like I really want to make sure that we we cover all these bases before we even get too deep into um our relationship that we're trying to build. I asked, like, hey, like, do you have you are you have you ever been exposed to anyone who is transgender? Are you open to dating someone who who will be transitioning to a man? Like what what is your what is your knowledge she was just like well she was like I don't have any um I don't I'm not familiar with being transgender or anything like that so I had to kind of explain to her what it was and I was just like now what's uh was she identifying as just a lesbian or was that okay yeah as a lesbian Mm -hmm. um and um she was you know I told her I said hey well this is the path in which I would be going down you know I said I I do want someone who is I have my non-negotiable list Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was just like, hey, like, I, I want someone who is open to carrying my kids. So our kids together, since I can't give you the other stuff, I got to give you this. I said, I want someone who is um, who's open to carrying, you know, my seed. And I also want a woman who is okay with being with someone who is transgender. Like, is that you? Like, how do you feel about that? And, like, you know, does that change? Like, how you feel about me? If it does, like, that's okay. And she was just, she just kind of, like, paused and she was just like, it's not about any of that stuff with me. She was like, I, I love who you are as a person. She said, your your spirit, your essence, your 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 gentleness, your kindness, your all of these things that make you that make you a person. That's what I'm drawn to. So I know the outside stuff may change, but who you are to your core is is what I feel in love, is what I'm falling for. And I was just like, okay. And at that moment, I knew we were getting married. You know, yeah, was- <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and you guys have been getting for uh, how long? Two years? Oh, we have been. Ooh, April twenty twenty is when we when we uh, first were together. So she flew. So anyway, that's when COVID first hit. So mm-hmm. like March. My birthday's in March. So uh, COVID first, when COVID hit, she was like, "Hey, I can just fly out to Texas and we can spend a little bit of time together, just to kind of see like if we were even compatible." And when she flew out to Texas, it was April. Uh, she stayed with me for 38 days, mm-hmm. 38 days. And it was just kind of like, I need, I need you here with me, or I need to come there. We need to figure this out because uh, yeah, I love you girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but she was, she was willing to uh, leave Cali and, you know, she moved here and she got a job like before she even got it. It was just, it just, everything that was so seamless and so like easy. And then like we planned this crazy photo shoot just to kind of announce, because I never shared my partner on social media before. Mm-hmm. So we did, like, we planned, like, this crazy uh, photo shoot just kind of announced, like, you know, we're together and things like that. And I actually planned a proposal simultaneously. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I kept asking, I was like, hey, if I was to propose to you, like, you know, would you, how would you like it? Or would you say yes? Or whatever like that. She was like, yeah, I'll marry you tomorrow if you ask me. I was like, okay, cool. So I got, like, all her friends, her friends, uh, I planned it from Texas, so I had her best friend, um, two of her best friends actually helped me plan everything and get all the decorations, and I hired a videographer and all these things, so it was, it just, it was just, it was just amazing, it was just so seamless and just so perfect, I, it was creepy perfect, you know what I'm saying, like, my life was- Love is love, man, when you know, you know. Oh, my life has (laughs) never just been this smooth and this stress-free and this healthy and this happy, and it's just, like, when's the bad stuff coming but yeah we can therapy help me think like that but it's, it's <laughs> therapy, help. therapy helps it helps yeah. you get out of the mind frame but it, it was just from there we just kind of moved forward so we did the honeymoon 
And then right after the honeymoon, we started IVF. Um, and that was a journey. All the shots and and we weren't taking no more shots no more. We was just taking all the other shots, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no uh, more, no more, no more 1942. Uh, <laughs> Do whatever your drink of choice is. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, a different life. So when you um for reciprocal IVF, because now were you taking any type of medication for mm-hmm. transitioning at this point? No, I put I put my transition on hold. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to ask because I know like you wanted you obviously wanted to have children that were about biologically connected to you. So I was gonna ask just like if if uh, taking medication kind of affects um that process at it all. Does. It does, it, right? It does. So I know a few guys who are actually uh getting off of testosterone for a good six to eight months, so they can go through uh harvesting their eggs as well. But you know, I, I did, I was like, man, maybe I should just, you know, get started. But it was just kind of like, hey, like, it's no rush mm-hmm. to live how I'm going to be the rest of my life. You know, I'm like, I'm going to get there when I get there. It's like, what is the most important thing to you right now? Because when you take testosterone, the changes don't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. You're still looking, clearly see my face. It's <laughs> changing and it's happening. My voice is different, but it's like, it's still, you're still not there. So it's like, it takes at least a good year you know mm-hmm. 10, 10 months to a year for you to actually truly like look you know look mm-hmm. different and everything so it was like the most important thing to me was for me to have biological you know at least give it a try because mm-hmm. I never wanted to live my life saying oh man I should have I wish I would have tried this I could have did that but it's like you know what let me just do it because YOLO like you know I only get mm-hmm. this life one time I just want to be happy and if it don't work for me then we can just have kids together and you know and yeah hold that so yeah yeah so uh, you you went through that process and, um, you know, I, me and my partner have been together for, uh, we've been together for 13 years. So, um, you know, I understand uh, <laughs> the process of, of having children. We, um, I don't, for me, I don't want to um, harvest my eggs or, or have, uh, I ha- I've decided I'm okay with them not being bi- biologically related to me. She, it's important to her and she's going to have them. So it's, you know, we, um, IUI is the path for now, um, yeah. you know, if we, Obviously, if we have to face IVF, we absolutely will. But um, it's very or expensive. ICI. Or, ICI. or ICI, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Um, it's very expensive. <laughs> like $21,000 dollars for the Jones twins. For the Jones, yeah. It's 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 it's. But how amazing you guys got twins! Did um, was that was that the plan, or did that just once once the it just what happened that not? way? Who <laughs> twins because you just go through it at one time man you're done if you want two kids let me tell you my wife only wanted one more kid now I was praying for twins because I always wanted to be a twin myself but I was like if I can't be a twin then maybe one day my wife will have twins you know I was kind of manifesting that anyways um twin girls of course I was like I want twin girls um but no, heck no. Like we were not planning that. We just didn't want to have to repeat it because for one, also all those shots and everything, it was it's a, a lot. lot. It was a lot. Like we were off social media, everything, just because we wanted to just really hone in and focus on what we were doing and just keep that intimately between us. And so having to go through a second round, I told her, we're not going through no second round. I said, I looked at her in the face. I said, babe, we're going to be a one-time go. All right. I had I had my wife doped up on sea moss on elderberry. We I'm talking about my wife is taking all the healthy stuff. We're doing plant-based diets, we're doing mm-hmm. light meat. I mean, we I was like, that's we're gonna get these bodies ready. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. repeating this at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't wanna listen. You don't wanna pay for that twice <laughs> or three times. But you know, unfortunately, you know, some people obviously do. Um and you guys have, you know, your, your twins, uh, which is absolutely amazing. Um, what, so do you still have, you still have some, uh, you have, um, embryos left? Yeah. Uh, we have, we have like seven in the freezer. Nice. Yeah. That's it though. We, we, (laughs) you say we're done. The twins is it. I'm glad I'm a Kobe dad. I'm a ludicrous dad. I'm very, very happy. I always wanted all girls. So I'm happy. I did. <laughs> Some people yeah. like, I want a son. No. Like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> you, little, little boys are icky. 
Little boys are gross. <laughs> I know that from taking hormones. Little boys are gross. Do not. <laughs> <laughs> Do not. <laughs> oh, thank you. Actually, we we both want uh, sons. Okay. Yeah. I'm like the daughter. Oh goodness. And what? Why not though? Why not? Huh? I think because probably because for me, I grew up in a house with all women. Um, I yeah. I mean, my, uh, my, my, me, my three sisters and, um, my, my mom and my dad, but it was all, all women. It's just like the, the energy is just different. And for us, it's like, you know, we, I don't know, we just landed on a boy. I think, and I think we, we, not that, you know, what a boy would probably lean to we, you know, with, with the dance recitals and the, you know, we, we, I ain't trying to assign these things to them, but the likelihood that <laughs> our son would be, you know, uh, having us at the, the dance recitals and stuff like that is a little lower than if it's a girl. So, so. <laughs> we, think so. we think so. No, no, I'm not. And I, again, I, I'm not assigning these things to him, but just, <laughs> you know, we just, that's just kind of, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I look at one of my yeah. daughters, I'm like, she's probably going to play football. Like, I'm just probably, like, yeah, no. Nah, and we would probably have, like, we imagine that, like, either way, because um, mm-hmm. uh, my wife played, she plays sports. She's a D1 swimmer, you know, in college, and her all her brothers are, like, you know, athletes. So we would, we imagine that either one of them would be, you know, athletic. Um, but then her sister is a, a very much classically trained dancer. She's young, mm-hmm. but she has like, she's in every type of like any kind of dance you can think of at like a very high level, you know? So the, the, it, you know, we just, that's just where we landed in terms of, of, of what, what we wanted to have, but yeah. Well, you know what? It's, um, it's okay to, it's okay. To- I just want a healthy baby at this point. I'm like, I just want healthy kids. I really don't care what they are. Like I have my little fantasy list of like, you know, but you know, let me tell you one one thing that I have learned, uh, because I I told you we have a 16 year old as well. One thing that I have learned in general is do not have expectations for your children because that's why my 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 mama probably feel, you know, the way she's is because she had expectations for me to look Mm -hmm. like this, to be this, and to navigate my life that way. And it's like your children once you have them they are they are already yeah, there they own. are once they once they arrive to you they're their own people so yeah. it's our job as, as parents to really just give them love and give them the tools to navigate their emotions in a healthy way so I don't have it you know I told you I play basketball I play collegiate sports I play semi-professional basketball so it's like oh do you want your your daughter to play sports and I'm just like I don't care Whatever what my daughter does. Do. if it makes her happy and I can support it. I'll be the cheerleader dad. I'll have the little signs. I'll be doing the dance moves. I do not care. I'm going to whatever that looks like for them. So I just just say, don't have expectations for your babies. Just let them be who they are as people. And that way you won't be disappointed whenever they don't turn out the way that you think that they should turn out. That's it. Yeah. I've landed on just healthy children at this point. Yeah. <laughs> You may get you may get what you want though. You may get. I, 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 I hope so. We'll see. Manifest. Um, but to your point, I might. I, we have a son, and then he, you know, he, he, I, I don't care what they decide to do. For me, I've always said, whatever they are, they're gonna be the best at it. So if I have a son, and at five, he like, I'm about to wear these dresses. Okay, well, you gonna wear the best. You gonna be the best dressed. You gonna exactly. be the best. You gonna have the best stock is best whatever. Whatever it is, you're gonna be the best at it. That's that's my expectation is that you're gonna be the yeah. best. That's I love it. Whatever. I, I look, whatever you want to do. If you my daughter, my son, whatever y'all want to do, but y'all gonna be the best. That's what you're gonna do. Um, you're gonna get the best resources, whatever you need to hone who you wanna be. Um awesome. So trans talk Tuesdays. How did you start that? Um, you know, I don't know. I don't really know how I how I started. I'm be uh, I'm just kidding. No, so I had a bunch of guys like really sliding my DMs. Now I was I'm a very private person. People can't tell right now because I'm a lot like I kind of share my life a lot more. Um, but I knew I always wanted to build my social media platform. Um, but I have always been a very private person about my life, and I just kind of got to a point where I wanted to be the representation that someone else needed, like that I needed to see. So if somebody else can, I can be a resource for somebody else, then I'm going to do that. If I can answer a question to help you become more comfortable within your own skin of who you are and help you navigate that, I want to do that. Now, I'm not a therapist by any chance, but therapy has really turned me into a different kind of person. I am, I am a very comfortable person. I'm very comfortable in myself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I don't care how anybody feels about it, but I want, if I can give that light 
to somebody else, then I want to do that. And so I would have lots of guys asking me tons and tons of questions in my DMs. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm getting to a comfortable enough space where I'm okay with talking about my transition, with sharing my pre-T voice, with sharing all these different things about myself, with sharing my horror story from my top surgery, for sharing the, the, you know, the terrible relationship that I have now with my biological mom because of my transition. So it's like, I'm comfortable enough within my space and within myself to be like, okay, let's answer these questions and let's help get you some resources because I didn't have this education. And if I can give you this education where you can choose whatever feel good for you, then I want to do it for you. So we just kind of, you know, just a bunch of guys. We just started talking and- Y'all hilarious. Man. You know, we also do do the, um, we also have like a poet of radio. So we started like a podcast and it's just like, it's it's all trans guys. Mm -hmm. It's like five of us. And we just kind of talk about different topics. Like, you know, being black and being LGBTQ, being, uh, surgeries and all different types of things that people always ask us and crazy dating stories and dating as a trans man so we talk about all those different things like on the on the poet of radio as well but trans talk tuesdays i feel like it gives people a way uh, gives people an avenue to be able to like get to not only know me but to ask those questions that sometimes the big people who you may know who may be transgender and kind of out there that they won't answer for you and i'm like well hell i'm here Let's talk. Yeah. I like to talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's dope. Y'all talk about a lot of stuff. There's um, a lot of questions that I, I have, but I want people to go and check check y'all out because you go into a lot of detail about like, you know, I've listened to like the horror story about your um, your top surgery and a lot of things that you guys talk about um, dating and stuff like that. But people go check, go check out uh, Jay's page, um, Trans Talk Tuesdays. They definitely go into a lot of details, a lot of different perspectives. Um, and, and you can get a lot more information about uh, his journey and any type of guests that you guys might have. Um, I did want to ask, mm-hmm. you have a, uh, you talked about the six year, 16 year old daughter um, mm-hmm. who is from your wife's previous relationship. What was the journey of, um, you know, being introduced to her and the the transition and what was that conversation and I think I'm asking you this because I want to give credit to kids I think people put a lot on children and like they 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 assume that there's a lot that kids can't handle and oh this is too much for them and blah 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 and you know I'm, I'm making an assumption I'm gonna put it out there but I imagine it was not as bad as people might think that something like that might be so Um, talk about what that was like um so with, with my daughter, it really was just kind of just telling her, like, that's it. Like, she is 15. So, you know, she's in high school and things like that. And, you know, we've been around each other and everything. I decided not to really talk to her about it until I started medically transitioning. So until I actually started taking testosterone and, you know, she visits us because currently at the moment, friend, if this changes, she uh, lives with her uh, biological father. And, um, you know, he's Jehovah's Witness and, you know, but she grew up, you know, for 14 years with my wife. So my wife at the time, you know, her and Odu, they broke up when baby girl was like two. So majority of her life, she's been around, you know, her mom being with women. So it was kind of like, whatever, you know, so she had those type of that type of mentality, like, okay, people are people, love is love, whatever, like, I don't care. And um, so whenever it was time for me to just be like, hey, you know what, like, you know, I'll, I will be transitioning, like, da 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 It really wasn't that deep. My wife was just like, hey, uh, Jay's going to become a man. going to be taking hormones. She was just like, okay, well, what, what does that mean? Like, what does it look like? Now, you know, we just sat down and just talked to her about it. And she was like, oh, that's pretty cool. You happy? In plain like, language. What? No, like, <laughs> the birds and the bees. It's just very much an open, blatant conversation. The only thing she asked me, she was just like, she asked me how I got to this and I told her and she was just like are you happy and I told her yeah and she was just like okay she was like now I may slip up with the pronouns but I promise you I'm gonna get it right now just like I said it'll be easier for you like the more and more that I start to look different start to sound different you know it'll be easier for you but you know as long as you're trying it's all that matters baby and she was like all right cool but she loves me she loves me so much man oh my god that's my baby like yeah yeah uh, she's she's dope but yeah kids I think that people 
people make it too difficult. Um, I'll give you an example because I don't, don't want to rant on this, but I'll give you an example. This uh, It's a transgender guy because transgender is just, you know, how you identify um, on the outside. He dates men. So he's a, he's by, he is a gay man, basically. Mm -hmm. So he has a daughter with his, with his husband that he gave birth to with his husband. And, you know, people are like, oh, you're confusing that little girl and da 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 da. And so the way that he had the conversation with his daughter was this, you know, to kind of explain to her like how she came here. He was like, hey, there's different types of men in this world. So there are men who are born boys and there are men who are born girls. And the men who are born girls, how they become men is that they take hormones to help them be who they want to be and be who they are. And she was like, oh, okay. That was really it. Like, it's not that it's really not hard. I think that adults make make things just so difficult for children. Like, it's we like make, we put things on them. <laughs> we put things on them. Like, even um, people who identify as like uh, non-binary, right? Which means they're not he or she. It's they. And so, you know, I asked, like, uh, you know, my friends. I'm like, okay, well, how does like if somebody can't like if that's too much for somebody like it, because in in the english language that's mm -hmm. a plural thing right people have a hard time like putting it in in sentence and she was like super simple she was like if you can't get it right just call me by my name right just just don't say any of it just call me by my name wherever you could put he she or they you could just put my name and that's it exactly and she's a teacher so it was like, okay, well, what do the kids call you? Because it's either, you know, it's miss or miss, mister. And she's like, mix. Yeah. Is that simple? It's like, it like, and the kids are like, all right, cool. Like, and they just keep going. Or like, they'll ask you, oh, are you a part of the LGBT community? Yeah. And then they just, okay. And move and on. I'm going to be like, oh, okay, me too. And she'd be like, I ain't, I ain't going to talk to you about that. But like, okay, cool. Like, you just move on, you know? So I think we, we make it too complicated for kids. We put our adult mind on children who don't know this world for themselves. And so this is not something that's necessarily foreign to them. It's, it may be whatever it is to you, but not to assign that to kids. So I definitely wanted you to just talk about how he, like that conversation is not what people make it out to be. Like, it's just not that deep. Yeah, it's really, it's really easy. I think what the issue is that adults don't know how to explain it. And so that's why they say, well, the kids are going to be confused. Like, well, no, you're the one that's confused. If you can explain it to them, you can mm -hmm. say A, B, C, D, right? Mm -hmm. Just explain it to them like A, B, C, D. It's that simple. They're like, well, mm -hmm. they don't have the, they don't have the, the, the verbiage to be able to explain it to them. And that's the real issue. Yeah. They don't have the language. It's so funny because uh, we were just talking about that. Um, and me, me and my wife were just talking about how me, even me and my mom, my mom is not um, uncomfortable with my sexuality in a sense of like, you know, she'll tell people like, yeah, my daughter's gay, whatever. But when it comes to like other things there, she just needed language to be able to explain stuff. So she would be like, uh, this is, this is uh, Ashley's partner. Like, or like, this is like, there are certain situations where she just didn't have the language. So I literally would give her language or mm -hmm. like, um, my wife was talking about how her mom, she'll ask her like, well, how do you, uh, how, who, how, how, how am I supposed to explain this to X or how, what do you want me to tell X? And she'd be like, don't tell them anything. And I say, yeah, you should just tell her, just tell them to call you. I said, oh yeah, you know what? Rochelle would love to hear from you. You should give her a call. That's her language. Like that's because she can't even, it, it, she can't even put it in her, like together in her mouth to, you know, and her journey is a little different, just, you know, being Pentecostal Christian and, and that kind of thing. But like, she can't, she don't have a link. She don't have to. Here's her sentence. You know what, Rochelle would love to hear from you. You give her a call. And now you don't even got to tell them nothing. Exactly. That you know, it's just about giving them helping them form the language to be comfortable getting through those parts of the conversation. And it's not always going to be that they're like, yeah, you know, she's with a woman and this and this, like, it's not going to be that, but what is it like what, so that this is not something that every single time it comes up, we have to talk about it. Like what makes you feel comfortable? Let's put some words together for you. So no, I think that's super important. That's a, that's actually a good, really good point of just about language and people not people feeling comfortable with what they're feeling, what they feel comfortable with. So that's, that's, that's a very good point. Um, also, man, so we've reached the end. 
of our conversation, I first of all, you know, obviously want to thank you again for, you know, sharing um, here. And I think that this is going to definitely help a lot of people. Um, I, I definitely learned a lot in this conversation, so I definitely appreciate it. Um, but I always ask, what piece of advice do you have for whether it's a young person, an older person who may be struggling with their own queer journey? Oh, that was a loaded. Why did you not tell me about this? <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have. I should have gave you that before. I should have told you beforehand, but yeah. Let's say that. Say the question one more time. One more time. One more time. Advice for somebody who may be struggling with their own queer journey. Um, my first thing is if you if you have access to therapy, go. Um, and it, I guess the next thing would be. You don't have to tell everybody how you're feeling first feel safe within yourself because once you feel safe and confident within yourself then you'll feel a lot more comfortable being able to to have different conversations with people um everybody is not a safe space so you can't be open and you can't be open and telling everybody your business um and um there's always a, there's always resources out there you know if it's not myself there's always somebody you can always reach out to but you know, if you don't have that, or if you not you're not living in a safe space, it's okay to to hold on to to information about yourself until you are in an environment where you are safe. Because the worst thing to do is to put yourself in a in an environment where you could be possibly abused. So yeah. that would be my that would be my advice. Well, thank you so much. This is another episode of the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host Ashley. I'll catch y'all on the next one. <laughs>